Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. Ephesians. <laughs> I love it. Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll start reading verse 10. Thank you, Luke. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. If you have it, say amen. The word of the Lord, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against, I just tried to swipe my Bible. No, I mean, I really just tried to swipe my Bible. Not my Bible app. Nobody even saw it, but I confess to you. Because I was so shocked that I swiped my Bible. Wow. Let me do it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> I just messed the whole, the whole flow up. Against powers. Let me start at the beginning of that verse. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, somebody say above all. Taking the shield of faith wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. Let me be thankful for the Word of the Lord. Twice in that passage of Scripture, he says the whole armor of God. Amen. I'm going to talk to you tonight on this subject, the whole armor of God. Uh, this could be a series. 
Uh, don't think I'll get all the way through it, but um, uh, we're going to talk tonight about the whole armor of God. Amen. Why don't we just lift our hands one more time? Just begin to pray to the Lord tonight. Ask Him to speak to you. Lord, we're thankful, God, for every person, Lord, that's made their way out to the house of God. Lord, we're here for you, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would move in this house. I pray that you would operate, Lord, in whatever capacity that you deem necessary to bring your will to pass. Let your anointing flow unrestricted and unrestrained, Lord. Anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. Lord, and anoint my tongue, God, that I could speak as the tongue of the learned, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. We are in a fight. We are at war. Uh, whether you know it or not, whether you uh, see it or not, whether you're aware of what's happening around you, there is a battle going on. Amen. Some of us know what side we're on. Some of us don't. Amen. How many know there's two sides to every battle? In this war, there's light versus darkness. Good versus evil. Amen. How many know God and his heavenly angels against Satan and his hellish angels? Amen. How many know that there's a battle going on? It's waging right now. There are things happening around us that we can't see. Amen. A lot of times uh, it, is, it is beyond our perception. It is beyond really our ability to really comprehend the things that are happening around us. But we need to be aware tonight that uh, I'm not trying to be mystical. I'm just trying to say there's a spiritual battle raging on tonight. Amen. There, there's, a, there's a battle going on in our lives. Amen. How many know that there's a battle going on in your life? Amen. There's a struggle. How many of you ever seen the cartoon where uh, the guy comes to a decision and all of a sudden an angel pops up on one side and a devil pops up on the other side? Amen. And, and, and the, the devil's trying to get him to do the wrong thing and the evil thing and the, the angel's trying to, to, to get him to do the, the right thing or the, uh, the godly thing. Amen. Trying to get him to do what's right. And there's a, uh, they're fighting each other while they're trying to convince the, the, the conduit, we'll call them, or the, the vessel in what decision to make. Amen. How many know that in us there's a war going on? 
Amen. The Bible says that, 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 that the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these two are contrary one to the other. They are against each other. They are opposite of one another. They, they cannot agree. Amen. Our flesh cannot agree with the spirit of God. And the spirit of God will never agree with our flesh. Amen. And so there's a constant struggle going on on the inside of us. And, and there are things trying to convince us of decisions to make and places to go and what to say and what to watch and where to go. How many know that our life is defined by the things that we put our hand to do? Amen. How many know he said the, the, the book of Proverbs says that to guard your heart or to keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Wherever your heart is, it's going to be deter it will determine what comes out out of you. Amen. Whoever your heart is serving or whatever your heart is in love with or, or whatever your heart is feeling, that's what you're going to do. Amen. If you're depressed on the inside and your heart is dark, you're going to do dark things. But if you're lit up on the inside and God's word is fresh and alive to you, you're going to do right things. Amen. You're going to do godly things. There's a war going on for our heart. Amen. How many know that there's a battle going on for your heart? Amen. There's a struggle going on on the inside of you for your heart. What is the heart? The heart is the center of life. Amen. The heart in your physical body determines whether you live or die. Amen. It's what, it's what, it's the muscle on the interior, the center of your body that keeps everything else alive. Amen. How many know that the heart feeds all the rest of the body with blood? If the heart is in operation and operating properly, the body lives. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many know that you can even, uh, your, your brain can be messed up, but your heart can still be working and it can still keep you alive? Amen. You might not operate the way that you're supposed to operate. You might be handicapped or be a vegetable. But if the heart's working, then the body's going to live. Amen. We have to understand that the heart, when he talks about the heart of a man, he's talking about the center of that man's being. He's talking about the center most place of that man's being, the foundation of who that man is. It's the center of the desires, the emotions, the thoughts of the mind. It is the, the desires of the heart. It is the appetite. Come on. It is what you desire to do and what you want most. It is the heart that determines what we do and what we don't do. It's the heart that determines where we go and where we don't go. It's the heart that determines who we serve. Amen. Somebody say amen. It is the center of our lives. You will go where your heart goes. Amen. You'll speak what your heart speaks. Amen. I mean, you know, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know what's in your heart? Listen to yourself talk. Amen. If you're negative all the time, that's in your heart. If you complain all the time, that's in your heart. If you're in unbelief all the time and doubt, that's what's in your heart. 
Come on. If you're talking about people behind their backs, that's what's in your heart. Come on, if you're, if, you're, if you're talking angry and saying mean, hateful things all the time, that's what's in your heart. And a lot of times, I remember growing up as, as having five brothers, we, we, we struggled getting along a lot of times, and we would tear each other down. Amen. It was a thing around the Christmas household. We would, we would see, see who, could, who could put each other down the worst. Amen. It's almost like if I put you down the worst, I won what we did was love. There ain't no such thing. And I remember after I got the Holy Ghost and I would go to family gatherings and I would fall right back into because you're different until you get around your family a lot of times. And then you slip back into that familiar and that normal because you still see yourself as where you fit in the pecking order in the family. How many know what I'm talking about? And your brothers and sisters will treat you like they did when you were a kid. Amen. And I remember I got the Holy Ghost and I fell back into that and I left that Christmas and I, f I was condemned. I felt terrible because the Holy Ghost in me didn't like what the flesh in me was saying. Amen. And I got, and I made up my mind. I said, I repented of the way that I acted and I made up my mind the next time we have a family gathering, I'm not falling back into that. I, I refuse to do that. I'm going to say something nice if it kills me. Come on. I'm going to compliment everybody in the room whatever I have to do and I noticed a change in everybody because when you choose to do right you got to make up your mind I'm going to do what God wants me to do amen and so when I found myself saying those things I, I would say I would say something and I would say I'm just joking no you're not no you're not You'd say a little cut on somebody and you and then you say, Oh, I'm just joking. No, you're not. You're lying. Because there's some truth to what you're saying. Come on, or you wouldn't be saying it. And there's something in you that wants to say it. Or you wouldn't say it. That's convicting, isn't it? Amen. Don't say it. If you got to say, I'm just kidding, or no, I didn't mean that. Uh, you Learn to control your tongue. Learn to hold it back. Because the first enemy of edification is to put somebody else down. Come on. Or to talk about somebody behind their back. We have to realize that we are meant to build each other up. How many know that we are part of an army? Amen. We are part of a unit. We are part of the body of Christ. It's our responsibility to feed one another, to protect one another, to build each other up. We should be vessels of good. Come on. How many know he said, he said bitter water and sweet water can't come out of the same fashion? How can you pray in the Holy Ghost on Sunday and tear somebody down on Monday and talk evil about somebody on Tuesday and gossip about your neighbor on Wednesday and say that you got the Holy Ghost and you're saved? I question your Holy Ghost. If you're allowing those things to go on in your life, it's time that we realize we got to give God our hearts. We got to let him have control of our hearts. 
Look at your neighbor and tell him, build somebody up. Before we start talking about the devil, let's get one thing straight. The devil's not our worst enemy. Can I take this off? Things irritating me. I need to breathe and talk. I'll turn a lot of stuff off here. I don't even remember what I was talking about. Okay, the devil's not our worst enemy. We are. Amen. We are our own worst enemy. If you're your own worst enemy and you know it, raise your hand. Yep. The devil just uses that aspect of your character to defeat you. Amen. He uses your insecurities. He, he uses the weaknesses on the inside of you. He uses the way that you feel about yourself. Come on. He uses even the place that you fall in the pecking order in your family. He'll use that against you. Come on. He, he'll, he'll use words that people say and, and it'll spark something on the inside of you to, 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 to hit that insecure spot, spot on the inside of you and it'll, it'll spark anger. Uh, he knows how to push your buttons. How many know when, when you're at war, you study your enemy? Amen. You study the one that you're fighting against. Amen. You, uh, you look at their strengths and their weaknesses. I remember when I played sports in high school, we would, we would scout the other team. And we, we would watch videotape on them. And, and we, would, we would try to uh, judge where their weaknesses were who their best players were and who their worst players were, where their weak spots were, how to attack them, uh, whether they could handle the ball or not. We would press them if they couldn't handle the ball. And if they, if they couldn't shoot, we'd sit back in a 2-3 zone and make them chuck it from the cheap seats. Amen. But, but if they couldn't handle the ball, we'd guard them man-to-man and guard, put all kinds of pressure on them because they would just turn it over. Amen. you got to know your adversary. you got to know your enemy. The better you know your enemy, the better chance you have to win the battle. Amen. The better chance. And, and that's why Paul said we're not ignorant of his devices. Amen. We can't be ignorant of the battle that we're in. The battle that we're in is not a physical battle. You can't see it with your eyes. He, you're, you can't look and see your enemy and see how he's going to attack you. You have to understand that he's going to attack you in ways that you don't see coming. Amen. And, and a, a lot of times he's going to attack you through somebody, but we have to understand that it's not the people that's attacking us. Amen. Uh, I remember when I was when I was a kid, we used to be made to go to church all the time. And my older brothers would sit behind us and flick our ears. And we'd turn around and my brother Tom would be sitting there and he'd go. Right? So I'd turn around and slug Neil in the leg. And my mom would grab a hold of my ear. me into submission. That's why I got big ears. And Neil would be like, what did I do? Okay. Right? 
You want to slug me? Slug me? Go ahead. I know, now I'm really going to flick your ears. But he's getting blamed for something he didn't do. Right? That's how the devil works. He is. He's a, he, he, he's a coward. He wants to stay invisible. Because if you know he's there, you're going to know how to defeat him. Amen. So he makes it look like it's somebody else. Amen. That's why he said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not fighting people. We're not fighting each other. Amen. We're, uh, whenever somebody says something that kind of gets your goat and makes you angry and makes you mad, you have to realize that you're not fighting them, that the battle is not against them, that that's coming from somewhere else. Come on. A lot of times it's coming from a different source, and we can't fight against each other. The whole time he, he'll flick you in the ear, and, and he'll point at your neighbor, and, and you'll get mad at them and hit them back, and all of a sudden you're fighting each other, but they didn't really have anything to do with it. Amen. They, he's sitting aside laughing about what's going on in the church while we're fighting each other and tearing each other down and, and, and talking about one another and kicking each other and bruising each other and wounding each other. He's folding his arms, standing in the corner and just laughing his head off because we don't even realize who caused it. I want to tell you tonight, our enemy is the devil. It's not one another. It is devils. It is devils. It is devils. Amen. When somebody says something to hurt you, don't, don't, don't turn around and say something back about them. How many know you need to take it to prayer? You need to take them to prayer and say, God, I don't know what it is on the inside of them. I don't know what their thoughts are being controlled by, their words are being controlled by, but I pray that you would give them dominion, give them authority over their words, change their heart. Come on. Cause I pray that they would begin to speak good things, edifying things, powerful, anointed things in Jesus' name. That's how you war against the devil. Amen. We have to realize that. I mean, it's an easy. I had something happen this week that really stirred me. I was uh, laying in bed, getting ready to go to sleep. And one of my kids came in and began to talk to me because that's when they like to talk is, is right before bed. Have you noticed that about your kids? They want to talk right before bed. That's when they're the most open. But dad's trying to go to sleep. And a lot of times your kids will come in and talk to you when, when you're getting ready for bed. And they, they go to bed and you can't. You know what I'm talking about. As your kids move into the teenage years, it's a bit different. Amen. Because the problems are different. The issues are different. You know, when, when they were when they were two or three years old or five or six, it was, you know, who stole my Play-Doh? Right? Uh, but these things can be very uh, affecting. And somebody said something that, uh, that kind of hurt uh, the children. And it was somebody with influence. And I was angry. I was up. 
tossing and turning, my mind rolling over in my mind. You know what? I'm going to take care of this. I've had it! How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. And man, I stirred, I stirred most of the night. I bet I didn't sleep two hours. Finally, I went to prayer about it. You know, because it's really what we should do. And as I began to pray about it, my heart began to change. Because, because prayer don't always change the other people. It changes us. It calls, how could Jesus stand there and let him pluck his beard? Spit in his face. Hit him on the face and, and he's blindfolded. Who hit you? Prophesy to me. Who hit you? Come on. How could he do that? Because he had a powerful prayer life. He knew who he was. Amen. And as I began to pray about it, God began to change my heart. I was like, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I began to realize that that, uh, that that word was sent to do exactly that. And if I allow it to ha have the effect that he desired for it to have, not the person, but the enemy. Amen. Sometimes people don't even realize what they're saying is where it's coming from. Amen. This is serious stuff. Amen. And, and, man, I, 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 I prayed about it. I, God began to change my heart. I, I began to feel different about it. I began to repent of the way that I was feeling and my attitude. And because, because I, I had that conversation in my mind a thousand times. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to handle this. This is what I'm going to say, right? You go through the whole, you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not the only one. And then you, you kind of role play through it like, what, what if they say this, then I'm going to say this. Or what if they say that or do that, then I'm going to say this. I'm going to drop this bomb, yeah. They're not going to have nothing to say when I say that. know what I'm talking about. I'm going to put them in their place. <laughs> Prayer will put us in our place. And it's only through submission to the word of God and prayer. Prayer first. And when the word comes to you, you'll receive it. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Amen. If you fight this battle yourself, you're on your own. If you take it into your own hands, you're going to suffer the consequences and the repercussions of your words and your actions. Come on, we got to realize. I, I, can't, I can't allow my tongue to run wild in a moment or my imagination to go crazy and stir something up on the inside of me. If I allow that, I'm being defeated by the devil. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Come on.
on. I can't fight the way I did in the world. I can't argue the way I did in the world. I can't fight back and push back and, and they punch me and I punch them. That's not the way it works. They do evil, I do good. They do evil, I do good. That's the word of the Lord. Come on, if you want the blessing of the Lord, if you want victory in your life, let the word of God have control. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Put this up there on the board. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10. I'm not even going to get the armor. I, don't, I knew I wouldn't. We'll continue it next week, possibly, maybe. Second Corinthians 10, three through eight. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We're in fleshly bodies, but we don't war with our hands. Come on, this is not a physical battle. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What's that mean? What's carnal? It means fleshly. It means, it means things that come. It doesn't come from things that you can see, right? It doesn't come from the flesh. It doesn't come from my attitude. It doesn't come from my intellect. It, uh, the, the weapons of God's warfare is not the way I think about it. And the sooner you come to that revelation, the easier your life's going to be living for God. <laughs> Help me know what I'm talking about. Because when you make the mistake to let your run, mouth run off, can I just preach the way I want to preach? You spend the next three days under conviction and getting whooped by the Lord. Has anybody ever been whooped by the Lord? Like, oh Lord, I feel terrible, guilty. It's almost like this weight settles on you. And you can't get from out from under it no matter what you do. You can't run from it. And no matter how much you pray, it doesn't go away. Because sometimes you need to be grounded, teenagers. Sometimes you need to be grounded. Sometimes you need to be reprimanded. Amen. Because if the Lord don't chasten you, you know what that word chasten means? It means to whip. He said, whom the Lord loves, he rebukes, and he chastens. Uh, 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 somebody that doesn't get rebuked or chastened is fatherless. It's like they don't even have a father. But when God cares about you, he won't let you get away with the wrong that you're committing. He'll be on your case, on your tail, on your mind, following you around, whispering in your ear, what'd you do that for? Why'd you go there? Come on. Why'd you give into that? Come on. Because he wants you to realize, I love you, and I'm not okay with you being lost. I'm not okay with you being defeated. I'm not okay with you being uh, destroyed and depressed and oppressed. I want you to have victory in your life. The way to victory is through the word of the Lord. Amen. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This is so good. Listen to this. This is one of our ways of warfare. Casting down imaginations. 
What was I doing when I was having that conversation in, on my bed, tossing and turning and not sleeping? My imagination was dominating me. And the devil was, uh, the, well, I don't know if it was the devil, but a devil was interjecting thoughts. How, how about this one? Amen. Have you ever noticed when um, somebody does something to you, says something about you, that all of a sudden all these things will be start coming up, things they did in the past that might tie into the way they feel about you now? Amen. Bring in, uh, affirming what they said about you, that they've always felt that way and that they, they, they want evil against you. Amen. Where do those thoughts come from? You, you're, do you think you're just dreaming that up? No, there's an enemy of your soul. Come on. And he wants to defeat you. He wants to divide you. He wants to destroy your life. Amen. But he wants you to think it's them. See where I'm going. Casting down imaginations. What's an imagination? Anybody? It's, it's false. It's like a false reality. Right? It's, a, it's like a, you're daydreaming. Your mind is imagining, you know, the reason that, uh, um, the reason that the Lord destroyed the earth with water because the imaginations of men's hearts were evil continually. That's what the Bible says. Amen. They couldn't think anything good. Amen. They were continually wicked. Amen. We have to understand that in order to get victory in your life and in order to protect uh, and to war the way that you need to war against the enemy, you got to cast down imaginations. Amen. Anything that's not real, okay, that, that you don't have fact proof that it's real. Amen. Uh, pastor looked at me weird. I never ever thought that. Pa pastor gave me a mean look. He didn't talk to me. Walked right by me, didn't say a word to me. Or a word spoken, you kind of take out of context and, and you start dissecting it. Wonder what he meant by that. I don't think I like that he said that to me. Did he mean I was fat? And then you're on your guard and you're waiting for an opportunity to be offended. You're waiting for him to say something along the same lines that he said before that's going to prove how he feels about you. Amen. It's imagination. You're defeated already. Amen. You're playing the game. Stop playing the game. Bump your neighbor and tell them, stop playing the game. Don't let the imaginations run wild in your mind. 
I love every one of you. I want what's best for every one of you. That person sitting next to you on the pew, they love you. They want what's best for you. Don't let the enemy try to divide us with imaginations and things that aren't real and things that don't matter. Amen. I remember when first going to Zanesville, and really, the, really the people that you that it gets at you the worst with is people that have influence in your life. Because people that you don't care what they think, it doesn't matter what they say, right? But it's the people that you care what they think that can hurt you. That that things can hurt you the worst. Somebody say Amen. I remember Pastor Bounds said something one time, and and I, man, I, I just mauled over it, like dissected it, thought about it. Just, because everything's got to mean something when somebody else says it, but when we say it, they need to forgive us. And finally, I went to him and asked him. And the moment we started talking, it went away. It was gone. The feeling was gone. Completely gone. Didn't even have to bring it up. I did anyways because I wanted him to know what I was feeling. And he said, well, that, that, that's, that's the enemy trying to divide us. You know, that's, that's a lie. Amen. Uh, if you want to... Cut out the lies. Instead of avoiding that person, go to them. Don't let the enemy tell you what they're saying or what they're thinking. Eliminate that middleman. Right? Knock him out of the conversation. You go to them face to face. Hey, man, that, that thing you said about me, I really think, think poor of you. You said to me, and, and I know you probably didn't mean anything, but uh, I just want to tell you I'm sorry, right? And then they begin to open up and say, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant at all. And, and a whole week of tossing and turning and not sleeping and mulling over and imagining it, talking about it, having conversations with them that they don't even know about. Some of us are walking around mad at people because we had conversations with them that they don't even know about. And you can laugh because you know if you're thinking those things in your heart, when you get around them, you feel it. And you're like, See them in the grocery store and you skip down the next aisle. So you don't have to talk to them. Really, seriously? We're playing the game. It's a game with him. Amen. He's playing hide and seek with you. He's, he, he's picking a fight and stepping out of the way. Amen. He's, he, he's leading you right down the path that he wants you to go. And as long as we keep imagining and letting the imaginations of our heart and the imaginations of offense 
dominate our thinking. It will dominate our thinking. It'll dominate our actions. We'll never have peace. We'll never have joy. We'll never have happiness. And we'll never have any friends. It's true, ain't it? Is this okay? Casting down. Somebody say casting down. That means the moment that they start happening, there should be awareness right now. You're aware of it. The moment it starts happening, put it where it's supposed to be. I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. I refuse to think that thought about my brother and my sister. I refuse to think it. I'm not going to imagine it. I'm not going to, Lord, help me to help me to resolve this. God, I pray that you give me peace about it and begin to pray for those people. I'm telling you right now, it will save you a lot of heartache and it will save division in the body of Christ. And when we come to church, you won't have one side against another and one person against another. We'll be able to be in unity of the spirit and in love for God. And God will be able to work miracles and save souls and fill people with the Holy Ghost. What it's all about. Have you ever walked into a room and you're like, man, I could cut the tension with a knife? That's real. It is real. I've been in churches that are that way. I'm not saying this one's that way. I'm just trying to give us some knowledge and wisdom and understanding so that we can war against the enemy. Amen. How many know we're not against each other? Bump your neighbor and tell them I'm for you. Casting down imaginations. Somebody say, cast them down. The moment they start developing in your mind, get them out. Don't let it happen. Amen. I, there's a lot of fights that I've had with my wife that she don't even know about. I'm serious. You know what I'm talking about? And I'll show up at the house mad. She'll be like, what's wrong with you? Don't talk to her. Because you can take one thing that's said and write your own little story. Amen. I don't know why I can't get away from this, but um, this is necessary. Amen. Fighting with her. All day long, show up at the house, talk to her, and it all goes away. Because she loves me. Amen. If you know the people around you, that they love you. Amen. The people that you go to church with, they love you. And if you ever have these feelings and you can't get rid of them, come to me. Go, go to the brother and sister. Talk to them. Have a conversation with them. Whoever it is, just, just, just feel their heart. Look into their eyes. The moment that you look into their eyes, it'll go away. Because it's a lie. Somebody say it's a lie. All right. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Okay, anything that's untrue, anything that's a lie, that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought unto the obedience of Christ. Somebody say, well, that's impossible. 
No, it's not. If it was impossible, then uh, he wouldn't have said it in here. Bringing every thought, every thought into the obedience of Christ. Every thought has to be filtered through the Word of God. Every thought's got to be, is this worthy of my thinking? Come on. Is this worthy of me accepting this thought into my mind? Is this worthy? Is this contrary to God's Word? The moment the thought comes in, you can discard it. Amen. You can do it. I, I'm telling you, you can do it. It's, uh, it's possible. Bringing every thought into the obedience of of Christ. You know, it's hard to live for God with a mind that's unsaved. It is. It's, it's, it, you cannot aptly war without a saved mind. Amen. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move into this a little bit and we'll pick it up next week. But you got to put on the helmet of salvation. Amen. Your thoughts have to be saved thoughts. There needs to be a guard over your mind. What you allow in, what you allow into your mind, what you allow yourself to meditate on, to think about, what you allow in there. Every thought has to be checked at the door. Come on. Every thought has to be checked. Every thought has to be filtered. Every thought has to be, has to be gauged against God's word. Amen. If it don't line up with God's word, then I got to get my mind off of it. Amen. I remember my dad used to say all the time, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Right? You can't keep thoughts from coming into your mind, but you can keep them from staying there. Amen. Do whatever you got to do to get your mind off of. Put worship music on. Go to prayer. Pick up God's word. Put some preaching tapes on. Put some preaching CDs. Get some anointing flowing. Somebody say, get some anointing flowing. Man, it's the remedy. Amen. Every thought. This is important right here. And having in a readiness, what's readiness? You're, you're, you're prepared and ready to go, right? You're, 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 you're expecting it. You're, you're, you're ready. You're an awareness. Having in a readiness to revenge what? Disobedience is the enemy. But the moment you obey or disobey, I mean, if you slip, if you fall, if you disobey, if you fly off the handle, if you say what you wanted to say, even though you shouldn't have done it, there needs to be an, a, a readiness. There needs to be a right now. There needs to be a, a revenge of that disobedience because the person that we blew up against or, or however we handled it is not the enemy. How many know disobedience is the enemy? 
Amen. And we got to revenge. Our revenge is against that. Our revenge is against what I did, how I slipped. Come on. We need to, we need to fight against that. What can I do to keep that from happening again? Come on. There needs to be a thought process where we learn from our mistakes, where we understand I slipped, I flew off the handle. I can't do that again. I got to grow past that. I got to, I got to, uh, how can I overcome this? What can I do different? Get some counsel. Do whatever you got to do to try to work through it. that There needs to be a thought process in our minds that I need to overcome this, an awareness of a weakness or a slip or, or a disobedience that's happening in our lives, and there has to be a readiness to get it right. Somebody say, get it right. You know, we can't help anybody if we're all messed up in our minds. Somebody say amen. We can't help anybody if our thought life is wrecked. Amen. There's people in this room and watching online. You've 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 battled it for years. Amen. But but what did Paul say? He said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. By what? By the renewing of your mind. That ye may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A renewed mind knows how to handle situations. They've been there. They've thought about it. They've contemplated it. They've failed before. Come on. They've had a renewed mind. They've allowed the Lord to work on their minds. I I don't want to think the way I think. I don't want to operate that way. I don't want to operate out of anger or emotion. I don't want to operate out of hate or jealousy or insecurity. I don't want to operate that way, Lord. I want to be patient. I want to operate according to your will. And it's the readiness to revenge the disobedience that allows us to learn how to do it the right way. Come on. A renewed mind is a mind that's ready and able to do it God's way. Amen. They don't think the way they used to think or act the way they used to act. They understand that every day's a battle and every conversation could be a war and it could be something that sparks a battle in my mind and I got to be ready and aware and how to act and how to accept comments or or things being said to me or done to me. I got to understand my thought life controls who I am where I go and what I do and it's ultimately what our heart and where it's at. Amen. How many know that's our heart? That's our heart. Amen. Before we can be the soldier that God wants us to be, we have to have our heart. We have to have our heart right. Listen to this scripture. This scripture was on my mind this morning got up. James 5, 8. Be also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So I looked up that word establish and it means to make stable. Or to turn resolutely 
in a certain direction. A heart that's established is a heart that's made up its mind. Right? It's stable. There's no question. It's a made-up mind. Amen. It's, it's a heart that is it's, it's resolved. There's no issue. Amen. Uh, what direction am I pointing? I'm going to heaven. Right? You have to have a heart that's made up. Your mind's made up. I'm going to heaven. And I'm going to do what's necessary to get there. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to forgive who's necessary. I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to act whatever way is necessary, whatever the word of the Lord says. Uh, I'm going to revenge every disobedience. I'm going to do whatever I need to do, cast down imaginations, war the way that I need to war. But my heart is made up. You know, when your heart's made up, it takes a lot of things out of play. How many, uh, uh, how many of you know that when Jesus, the Bible says it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. All right, that's, he, 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 he's made up his mind. I'm going to Jerusalem. All right, understanding everything that was going to happen to him in Jerusalem. He made up his mind that he was going to go through what he needed to go through. He steadfastly set his face. When, when I looked up the words, um, when I looked up the word um, in the uh, establish, in James 5, 8, it's the same word that they used when he steadfastly set his face. It's the same word. He established it. He, he set it in his mind. He set it in his heart. This is where I'm going, right? And when you set your heart that you're going to go a certain direction, what do you do? You turn that direction, right? You face that direction. How many know your, your heart, you want to try to determine what direction your heart is going. What are you looking at? Come on. What direction are you heading? What are you looking at? What is your focus on? What are you concentrating on? What is the thoughts of your mind? What's the meditation of your heart? Is it, is it pleasure? Is it sex? Is it sin? Come on. What is it? What is the thoughts of your mind? Is it, is it drugs? Is it just trying to stay out of trouble? What is the thoughts of your mind? Because the thoughts of your mind will determine which way you go. You need to set your heart and your face that you're going to war against the onslaught of the enemy, that you're part of the body of Christ, I'm part of the church, I'm part of the called out, the elect, the heavenly calling, I'm part of God's kingdom, I'm part of eternal life, I'm part of the eternal kingdom, I'm going to heaven. Somebody say, I'm going to heaven. Stand with me all around the building. I'm going with God. I'm going to do it God's way. Somebody say, I'm going to do it God's way. We have to learn to war. Somebody say, learn to war. David said, ask the Lord, teach my hands to war. Didn't he? Teach my hands to war. I believe what he was saying was, teach me to handle things the way I should handle them. Teach me to war the way that you war. 
Come on, teach me to, to fight in this battle the way that you have purposed for me to fight in this battle. Somebody say amen. We got to get our hearts in the right place. If your heart's all messed up and you don't know what team you're on, if you haven't made up your mind what team you're on, you're fighting for the wrong team. Come on. If we're more concerned about building our own life rather than the life that God has called us to live, you're already fighting for the wrong team. How many know when the children of Israel crossed over Jordan, they put the Ark of the Covenant out in front, and the priests got the Ark of the Covenant. And when they stepped in the water, the moment they stepped in the water, the water parted. The priest just stood with the Ark of the Covenant, which is a representation of the presence of the Lord, in the midst of the Jordan as everybody crossed. They got over on the dry ground, and Joshua went out to contemplate the battle that was ahead of them. It was against Jericho. The Bible says that there was a man standing there. Joshua saw him. And obviously he got frightened by him. Because he said, are you for us or against us? How many remember that story? Are you for them or for us? Because I don't recognize you. And he was hoping he was for them, right? For the Israelites. You know what the angel said? He said, nay. I'm not for you or for them. I am the captain of the Lord's host. The question is, whose side are you on? Right? It's not about whose side the Lord's on. Sometimes... We want God to pick sides. Who's ever done that? Lord, show them how they wronged me. He's saying, get on my side. Because this is not about us against them. This is about whose side you're on. Because the Bible, Jesus said, those that aren't for me, and those that gather not with me, scattereth abroad. If you're not on his team, if you're not pulling in his direction, you're against him. Amen. We got to have our heart right. We got to understand whose side we're on. That's got to be decided tonight. Amen. Somebody say amen. Why don't we lift our hands unto the Lord and say, God, I want to be assured that I'm on your side. I want to be on your side. God, I want to be under your protection, Lord. I want to be under your mighty hand, God. I want to be, I want to be in the center of your will, Lord. I want, to, I want to walk, Lord, in the calling, God, that you have called me to walk in. I want to be the person that you have created me to be, God. I want to be on your side. I want to be on your side. Teach me to war. 
Teach me to war. Teach me to fight, Lord, in this fight, God. Teach me to pray the prayers that I need to pray, God. Teach me to, to separate, God, from the things I need to separate from, Lord. Teach me, God, to be a separated vessel unto you, Lord. Uh, a vessel set aside, meet for the master's use. Teach me, Lord, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For some people in this room tonight, every day is a fight. Every day. And when you lay down on your bed at night, you're thankful that you can go to sleep because the war will stop just for a little bit. Some of us, we just lay down on our beds, even in the middle of the day, because we just want it to stop just for a little bit. Let me tell you why. There's some things unresolved. Come on. Your heart's unresolved. There's too many things that you've allowed to let live that's pulling you away from the will of God, out of the will of God, and back to the life that you're trying to come out of. And every day's a struggle not to fall back. Not to go back, not to be defeated, because you haven't resolved the direction in your mind and in your heart. You gotta set your heart tonight. You gotta declare it. You gotta you gotta claim it right now. I'm going to heaven. I've made up my mind. I'm not living that life anymore. I'm going to heaven. I'm a child of the king. I'm gonna do it God's way. I'm gonna live the life He's called me to live. I'm gonna be who He's called me to be. I'm settled in it tonight. And when I go home, I'm gonna sleep. I'm gonna rest because my God fights for me. Man, I feel the anointing. Come on, why don't we crawl into this altar tonight and say, Lord, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of the struggle, God. You're the king of my life. You're the king of my heart. I'm not going to struggle with it any longer. I'm not going to struggle with the sin. I'm not going to struggle with the lifestyle. I'm going to let it go. I'm declaring it right now in my heart. I'm going with you. Come on, every saint, why don't we crawl into this altar today? I'm yours, God. Go ahead, Trent. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.